And I'm Kamna. We are women who have struggled with body image issues and weight in one way or another. We want to normalize the struggles that we all face and find comfort in the fact that we are not alone. At the same time, we want to explore ideas that have worked for others to discover changes that might work for us. And at the end of every episode, we will create a call to action. And we encourage you to make your own call to action. Do you have something to say? Have you ever thought about making a podcast? Well, guess what? Both things can be true. You can find your audience. And Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily. Then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. What's better than free? It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So you don't need any special equipment and you can do, start doing it today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard in just one click. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, you guessed it, it's totally free with no catch. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com podcaster to get started. Hi, Leah. Hi, Kamna. Wow. We just, that was the fastest 45 minutes of my life. Yeah, we just finished an interview with Michaela Silcox. We think you're going to really, really enjoy it. Love it. And it went so much longer than we anticipated that we are not going to have time to fill you in on our call to actions, which is fine with me because I didn't do mine. <laughs> so I didn't really do mine either. Okay, so good. We get our do over. But I just want to preface before you guys listen to ready now mindset underscore, please follow Michaela. She was, I mean, I thought she was also a breath of fresh air. She was so real and down to earth and knew her stuff. She all her about stuff. silencing the inner critic. And it was very good. So, yes. and we hope you enjoy this episode. Please let us know if you do and want her back on. Cause we would love to interview her again. We have a ton more questions. Oh yeah. All right. Bye. Enjoy. I am so excited today. We have a special guest. I know, and I'm nervous. I don't know why I'm, I'm getting nervous for this one. Go on. So uh, we are excited to welcome Michaela Silcox. She is a mindset coach. And our focus today is going to be talking about quieting the inner critic. We are really excited to have you with us today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here, you guys. I'm just so excited. And silencing the inner critic, not only my own personal journey, but this has been potentially the biggest transformation that I can see even in my clients' lives as well. I can't wait to dig in deep. I have a whole list of questions for you. So tell us uh, a little bit about how you got to this point in your career. Yeah. So I have... Um, I was a corporate corporate employee. My identity was kind of in my corporate career and I actually spent 15 years in corporate America in the healthcare sector, sector, Fortune 20 company, one of the largest healthcare companies in the world. And I eventually ended up in a state of burnout, like so many women oftentimes do. And it really was a journey that to be honest, like I thought was my fault. Like I constantly thought I was doing something wrong oh. and feeling so stressed. And what I found is I was looking at everyone around me 
and kind of judging my assumption of how they felt, right? So if someone's exuding confidence, even if I could exude confidence externally inside, I was like, like, oh my gosh, their confidence is for real. Like, why am I stressed out? Why, why, why? And it got to the point where I finally realized that I was so successful in my career. I, you know, never had an easy go of it. I actually had my daughter in college. And so I built my corporate career while being a single mother. I had my daughter at age 22. So that definitely was a little bit stressful as well. But I realized that I was judging my life and living my life by what I thought I should be doing. And I was never fully associated with my successes. Like I can look back and I can tell you I've done this, this, this. I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of it. But why don't I feel happy? Like everyone else is happy. We do the same things. What is wrong with me? And that was really what led me to my current role as a mindset coach. I started a company, opened a company, Ready Now Mindset, because once I was able to go through my own transformation, I was just so lit up and passionate about not wanting another woman to spend years of their life having this vision in their head, but feeling like their reality was less than. Wow. Were you scared to make that transition? Oh, terrified. <laughs> like I was it, like, it was incredibly scary because the other thing too, is especially as a single mom and, you know, I was a very young single mom and so struggled financially for a very long time just to get, you know, just, to, I mean, you're, when you're starting your career, you're struggling anyways, but add on top of it, daycare and whatnot. But I, the stability that a corporate job provides. And it's kind of funny when I say that, because honestly, we went through huge rounds of layoffs, like every single year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was always like this terrifying time. And it's like, I made it through all of them, like, thank goodness. But to be able to take the bet on myself, and it was even harder, actually, I was so excited once I made the move, but then kind of reality set in, like, I didn't even realize so much of my identity was tied to my professional persona. And there were like incredible moments of doubt and just like, did I make the right choice? Like, this is going to end bad. Why did I do this? And that was really what led me down the road of really looking into that inner critic and why, why is she there? I, I call my inner critic, she, so why is she there? Like, what does she exist to do? And why do I keep listening to her when I know it's not true? My inner critic has a man's voice. Does that make sense? Really? Really? <laughs> wow. Is it like that... deep and husky? <laughs> I know. Is, I was going to say, or is it like sexy and sultry? But no, I, no, no. I really want to dig into that because I don't I know, know right? sexist of me, but I just assumed every woman would have a woman's inner voice and every man would have a man's voice. I don't, is that true or is that wrong? I guess that's wrong. Well, and I've actually, I have clients that it's not even a voice, not even an auditory. It's more imagery or it's more feeling. What and what do you mean by imagery? So, yeah. And so they see images of like failing. They don't, they're not being told they're a failure. They're seeing images of despair 
and it's not even a voice. And so when it's an image, it, you know, there's a whole different kind of way that you relate to it. And then others too, it's more kinesthetic and it's based on feeling. And so they're though, I'll talk to them and they'll be like, I can't, like, I don't know what's going on, but I get a pit in my stomach. Oh, or gosh. I get tightness, like my heart like beats, you know, like a lot of anxiety type symptoms, or I just can't catch my breath. And it doesn't even manifest as a voice. Wow. So do you think that everybody, everybody, people who have this inner critic, that's really loud. Is it different for everybody is what you're saying? Yeah. And I think, I mean, a lot of it has to do with past experiences too. And I mean, I would at some point love to talk about about your male inner critic and that we can save that for another time. But I mean, a lot of it, you know, stems from limiting beliefs that we have conditioned ourselves for over the years. And a lot of it too, like I can tell you sometimes my limiting voice, I think she's my mom. Sorry, no. mom. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> so so Wait, do you, you think limiting voice? Sorry, Kamala. No, 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 my no. inner voice. Yeah. So sometimes, oh, sometimes, okay. and you know what? It's like, sometimes it's like, it just reminds me to all the feelings I had as, you know, kind of a little kid. Cause I think we all, we all inherit some sort of kind of little T little trauma, right? There's obviously big trauma, but I think that's like another thing too. There, you know, even when you look at attachment styles, there's things that don't seem like a big deal, but we treat ourselves differently or we normalize these feelings thinking that, that it's okay. Like it's okay to talk to myself this way or to larger things. Like it's okay to behave this way, you know, and it takes really deep work and some self-reflection to be able to tease out, like, what is me? Like, what am I doing? And what is my instinct doing that might not align to my everyday? So before we get deeper with this, because I have a million questions in my head, um, I want to know what, how would you define inner critic? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, and I mean, sometimes I call it an inner voice, inner critic, but it's that, whether it's a feeling, a voice or an image, right. That keeps you stuck. And it's the voice that when you go to do something outside of your comfort zone, tells you all the reasons why it will fail. Or if you have a thought that's different from someone else, it's like, people are going to judge you. Why would you think that way? And obviously for me, mine's verbal, right? But that could be imagery. That could be just feelings within the body that um, kind of resonate. But it's anything that disseminates and amplifies limiting beliefs. Where do you think it, it, the origin of a lim- uh, inner critic is? So that, I love that question because the first thing I do when I work with clients is understanding the origin of the inner critic and being able to appreciate it because the inner critic, it's actually really more so controlled by the reptilian brain or the primitive brain, which is the most ancient part of our brain. And it controls our basic instincts. It controls like habitual behavior, like breathing and heartbeat. So thank God we have that piece, right? Because we don't have to sit here all day and be like, breathe, heartbeat, right? (laughs) But it also controls the fight or flight and basic instinct of survival. And so what happens is the inner critic or the reptilian part of our brain 
it wants to keep us safe. And even like when talking about how scary it was for me to leave corporate America and start my own, own business, I mean, my inner voice it was like, wait, are you sure? Don't do this. Like, like you could lose everything. Like all of these things were coming, but deep down it was trying to like, it knows the depths of despair. It knows how hard I can be on myself. It knows the ideals, like, you know, how, how high I set the bar for myself. And it's like, oh my gosh, Michaela, you are going down a road that this could really hurt. Like this could bomb, like rethink it, rethink it. And it's really there to protect me. And knowing that and taking that viewpoint is really the first step in being able to respond in silence is realizing that the inner critic, your inner voice, it exists to keep you safe because it loves you. It wants to see you safe. It wants to see you happy and anything outside of your comfort zone risks that equilibrium. So, wow. so come now do you think yours is a girl? No. Okay. That. That, when you were saying all that, I was like, wow. Like, so it's not a bad, the bad guy. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it can be if, if you don't, yeah, add, you know, if you don't, right. exactly. Yeah. And that was honestly the biggest piece and that more so compassionate reaction or response is sometimes what takes the longest, right. To be able to embody it's because when we have something go off that's like kind of keeps us stuck or keeps us from inaction or, you know, even you know, like I have a lot of clients that they want to work out more. Right. And I think probably all, all you both can relate as well. And then we get into something where it's just like, but I can't do it. I'm going to look stupid. I'm going to be the worst one in the class. Like I'm going to like, I'm going to just like, this is just, it's going to end bad. This, and that's, that's your inner critic, critic talking. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did that this week. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Okay. Wait, before we go on, Leah, what, what did you do when, when that voice came up? What was the next thing you did? I just, I ignored it and kind of let it win. You let it win? I'm sure. Cause I didn't end up doing what I was. I was like, mm -hmm. God, I don't want to lift the weights. Cause they're three. I feel like such a baby doing three pounds again. Like what a loser I am. Like, I don't know if I use the word loser, but I remember saying what a wimp and in my head, like I didn't say these things out loud. Like, ugh, how embarrassing that I had to go back to the three. Mm -hmm. And then I just let it win, I guess. Cause I didn't make the attempt to do it. I didn't talk back to it. I just kind of let it, I guess maybe I went, yeah, you're right. Oh, maybe. Is that normal to just say, yeah, that's very right. normal. Okay. That's very normal. And I mean, as much as I love to empower women to silence their inner critic, it's something it's a, it's an everyday struggle. Yeah. <laughs> and so I if normalizing it too, like it's, it's beautiful because so oftentimes we feel like we're the only ones that are our own worst enemy. Right. And right. I mean, I've had hundreds of conversations with women and when I asked them, what keep what's keeping their them in the way of their goals every single I've never had a single person ever not say it's just me I mean there's time there's money but you know so the order might not be there but I have literally never spoke to a single person that didn't just say well it's just me I mean I guess right right 
So if Leah was your client and, and she didn't do the workout she planned to do because of this inner critic, what would you tell her next? What's yeah. the way to work through this? So I would ask her, so why do you think three pounds is too light? Because my husband and my son are like three, I could do three pounds. That's nothing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. And even my daughter, they all do. You know, I think that I feel that way then. Yeah. It's embarrassing. I don't know. I feel very embarrassed to say to somebody, well, I'm lifting three pound weights. So th- I just would rather not do it, I guess. Mm-hmm. So what's the highest amount of weight you've lifted? Mm, without peeing my pants or struggling? Yes. Probably. <laughs> and I love that distinction because I have a kid. Here. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess like maybe at one point I got close to an eight. I would do an eight for like a very small section of time, but never higher than that. And how'd you get, how'd you build up to an eight? Slowly with the three and then the five and then, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what was it in those moments that you saw the three pound differently? I think I thought I was a wimp then too. I don't, I don't know what was different then. I think I just, I don't, I think I just did it then. It's interesting. I'll have to think about that. Mm -hmm. But so if, okay, I have, I have, no, I have so many questions. <laughs> I know. Is there a personality type that has a louder inner critic than another? So I haven't necessarily found it related to personality type. I have worked with, I mean, if I just generalize introvert, extrovert, just for the sake okay. of, you know, not listing a million, the millions of types of people. Sure. I have found introverts that have loud ones and, and silent ones. I have found extroverts that have silent ones and loud ones. I found you know them both between images. And I think a lot of it has to do with how we've shaped the belief in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have um, an- another question from an, a conversation that I had had with somebody. Their inner critic was a person from their past. Mm-hmm. Like that's very, where it stemmed from. Is that something very common? Think? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. And so that's where I would go down with you. <laughs> that's where I would start to explore. But I mean, I even said before, like sometimes I think it's my mother, mm. you know, and it's, you know, it's like for as much as I achieved, like there were definitely times where I felt like my mom had an idea of who her daughter should be. And I, like, I, ticked every box for her but it like I wasn't like it wasn't me right and there was a there's a lot that I've been working for to kind of just like I'm enough as I am like as I was like <laughs> like yeah. I'm enough I'm great <laughs> that's a hard step to get to yeah, yeah so but you don't your inner critic doesn't have to be somebody you know correct correct okay so I would say mine is more like me like my inner critic I usually think it's my own voice. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I think mine is too. Mm-hmm. Before we get to the, um, I have like, I want to ask you the steps of what you do. I know Leah had a bunch of questions that. Yeah. Really my one question to. is, are you born with an inner critic? Do you think? So I think you are. I think okay. everyone has the capacity because 
Now, does it have to be negative, a critic? Maybe not. But even people that would say, even people that would say they don't necessarily have that voice in their head that keeps them from doing things, that keeps them stuck. They have a voice. It's just they are more, a little bit more positive. And I think they are more attuned to empowering beliefs. Okay. You know, so that brings me to, I was reading an article on um, your inner critic versus an inner coach. And this article said that we, we have both in our inner, mm-hmm. we have our inner critic and our inner coach, but most of the time our inner critic is louder. Yep. Than the inner coach. So are, in that situation, are there people like that maybe there is an inner critic, but it's just quieter than their, and their inner coach is just, they've worked hard on developing it more, or, I mean, what do you think of that thought that there are two of them? Yeah, and I can definitely, and so that inner coach, and so there's a more evolved part of our brain as well, and so that's our prefrontal cortex, and that is what's responsible for higher cognitive functioning, so that's going to be like your memory, your thinking, your reasoning, and the biggest thing, it's, I think it's related to a person's perception of their own safety. Because if you're looking, if you're evaluating every decision and action as a potential threat, the inner critic's going to be like, wait, no, don't stop it. Like, I, I want you to be safe. But when you, so when you're in that growth mindset, as an example, right? And so when you're fueled by almost like the failure, right? When you, when you see the vision and you can keep going, like you're not seeing it as a threat to your safety. You are seeing it as a necessary piece of development or necessary personal progress. And I mean, I've had times in my life where I feel like I had more of an inner coach and, you know, it's, you know, I, I think I waddled between the two and a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So do you think that, so no, no, not think. So you're saying like our inner coach and our inner critic live in different parts of your brain. So, I mean, they would be, so the inner critic would be more okay, yeah, tied. Yeah. Yeah, to the primitive brain, and yeah. then yeah, the inner coach would be more tied to our um, our more so it's our prefrontal yes. cortex. There's yeah. our higher evolved brain, and so yeah, if you want to say live, yeah, um, I don't necessarily have the anatomy of a brain, like you know, I know, but I'm like bush. in my head, I'm going, oh, one lives back here and one lives back here, like <laughs> I'm like that's but I, I mean, don't know, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it it could be, and I I think I think there's pieces like that. It's if something resonates with you and how you can distinguish yep. the two, like go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, come I don't remember. I'll look for my other ones now. Okay, so what I want to know is if the majority of us have a loud inner critic that sort of stops us from doing the things in our life that we want to do, whether it's working out or going for a different job or even just experiencing or risking something just to try something new that stops us how do we overcome that Mm -hmm. yeah so really the first step is to be able to acknowledge that this inner critic this inner voice exists to keep you safe it exists because it loves you Mm -hmm. because when you take that approach you can respond versus react okay good that's good yeah Yeah. like even if if you're conversing with someone that you know has it out for you right it's like it doesn't matter like what's going on it's like 
like you're gonna you know it's you're gonna see that in like you're gonna like this is someone that wants me to fail like you know you're gonna re, you're gonna react but if you can respond and take the moment to kind of appreciate that okay I have a feeling of unsafety it doesn't mean it actually is unsafe but I'm being triggered in some capacity that's it let's figure out why Mm. so in your in your example Michaela if um your inner voice sometimes sounds like your mom it's your mom saying be careful be safe don't Mm -hmm. take a risk so I mean I no I think it's more like like my mom like like kind of some of my little my little trauma right like like you need to do this you need to do that like you need to do this like like if you don't do this you're like you're like you're not you know I, I, so when it's my mom it's not positive but i love you mom uh, <laughs> yeah we're not trying to throw any mom no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> definitely not yeah i always think about that with my kids like i was a silent type as well and so and so it's oh. like yeah so my so it was my mom talking, you know, and so that was just a formative. Well, that was my, my, that was my other, um, question that I had for you was like, I mean, I I would assume it's possible to maybe not have such a loud inner critic and then develop it from like, maybe you had none of it is from your parents, but maybe it's like from relationships. Oh yeah. Like bad relationships, like, you know, yeah. And it, I mean, it doesn't even have to be some, I mean, it could be like, there was a poignant time when you were in third grade and you were really proud of a project and someone made fun of it, you know, it, and that created a feeling of unsafety that rattled your body. You don't know at the time, right. But that created a belief that whatever I do, isn't good enough. Can it and create you hold like on a- to that. physical manifestation of that inner critic does it create like anxiety or fear or tears or anger does it have any physical manifestation yeah so typically when you're in an inner critic state so to say you're in your fight or flight response and so you have your sympathetic nervous system that's kind of you know controlling the show so to say so you have a heightened sense of awareness your heartbeat is quicker, your breathing rate might be quicker, you might have the butterflies in your stomach, but it doesn't always have to be that. And I, I think almost when it's it lives there kind of rent free, so to say, and you, it's almost when you're so used to it that the physical symptoms go away, that then it becomes normal, right? Because when you have a, you know, you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, like I'm so nervous, I'm so anxious, like that's trigger, that your higher level brain is going to then, you know, kind of come on gear and logic, memory, like memory, what's going on, what's going on and look to repair. But when this, you're not getting the physical symptoms of it, it, it's like it's you or it's like it's there and it's like it's supposed to be there. And these thoughts that are keeping me from doing something are valid. Hmm. So the first step was to um, yeah, so acknowledge. To just, yep, acknowledge that it exists to keep you safe because it loves you. You're its human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it wants to keep you safe. Like this, this inner voice knows kind of 
like how down you've been or how how hard things have been in the past and it doesn't want you to go back there and so it it doesn't have that higher functioning capability to reason to say just because that was an outcome then doesn't mean it's going to be an outcome now it's instinct right it's it's if fight or flight it's basic survival so once i have uh, said yeah i see you i know you're trying to keep me safe what is the next step to not be taken down by the inner critic, so to speak. Yeah, so I usually recommend um, like a breathing exercise in these moments, especially when you're first kind of taking on this, this task, so to say, and recognizing, because once you have that ability to be like, oh wait, this voice is trying to keep me safe, you're actually recognizing that, like you're building the awareness that there's something I need to kind of take pause. There's a pause I need to take and assess what's going on. And so kind of by being able to put a, I don't want like a friendly face, so to say on it, you're able to engage a little bit more compassionately, but I always like to recommend like a breathing exercise. You know, sometimes it doesn't have to be big hands on heart, deep inhalation, exhalation, you know, it's like you can go box breathing, you could do anything. But the point is, is you're giving yourself a pause because really, when we look at an emotion, like an emotion is kind of like this, it's like a wave, right? But it's, you can graph an emotion, like I, like something happened, oh my gosh, 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 <sighs> right? And so we can get to that point where it arcs. We're putting ourselves and then in. Breathe yeah. out. Mm -hmm. We're way, putting ourselves. Thank you for that. I've never looked at an emotion like that. And it is like a roller coaster. It, yeah, the visual of that is amazing to realize like, yeah, you do go through the up, 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 and then you come down sometimes super fast. Yeah. And sometimes it's not super fast. Too. Yeah. So, you know, everyone's always like, well, how long do I breathe? And I'm like 30 seconds, three minutes. I don't like, it's going to depend. And, and so, and obviously there, you know, I like to teach my clients as well. Like, you know, it's not, you don't always have to do something that's visible, right? Like if you're in meetings or, you know, something like that, where you're in a social setting, you're not going to be like, you know, so yeah. you can just focus on the breath. I like to usually stare. So I just want to give this visual that you're putting your hands to your heart and breathing. Oh, yes. and that's what you're just doing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, but that, that gives you a chance to go a little bit less reaction mode and more response mode. And so you're kind of allowing that heightened awareness to disintegrate a little bit. So you're less on edge. And then that's going to be then. So as an example, so one of the types of, um, of, my, of kind of, so I call them mind habits because they are habitual, right? They're instinctual and they, they happen automatically, right? And so recognizing the mind habit, you're actually kind of like, there's a place for you, right? you've built based upon instinct. And so that's one of the things I like to just personally do to anchor myself in on there's a reason why you exist, but then you're able to respond. But a very common one is like catastrophic thinking, right? Like one little thing goes bad and suddenly my entire life is going to be destroyed. Like, like, like I had a, a client actually and incredibly successful professionally, but every week, it, you know, it was like, I like this didn't meet up to what I thought I'm going to get fired. 
And it's like, whoa, 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 like you have, you know, decades of amazing successes and you have one little thing that I don't even think anyone noticed. And now you're living in the state that everything is going to unravel, right? Like all your successes didn't matter up until this point because you had something that you would grade in 90%, right? And they were little projects. Like they weren't, you know, they weren't these huge, massive things. And so that's like just an idea of the catastrophic thinking, like when you have that instinct, your inner voice is telling you the worst case scenario and not allowing any space for any alternative. It is mm-hmm. only focusing on the worst case and that's it. There's no other outcome other than utter failure, than utter demise, than utter collapse. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of go back to this list we're creating because um, I want to make sure we get through at least the majority of the steps. So you acknowledge, you breathe, and then what's what comes after that? Yeah. So then, so then I kind of like to then it depends on kind of the capacity. So this catastrophic thinking, as an example, what I have found to be the quickest fix is ensure you're giving equal airtime to the other possibilities, uh-huh. right? And so something as simple as but also, right? So what else could happen? That's gotta be hard. Oh, all of it is hard. <laughs> yeah. Like I, you say equal airtime. Like I'm sure I'm, like, I'm just thinking in my head, like I'm sure I've said something and then been like, well, I guess it won't happen, but oh my God, like they don't get equal airtime in my head. Right. My mm-hmm. little voices don't. Mm-hmm. But and Leah, it, this reminds me of the episode we did with what's the other side of the story? Like, what if you follow the other path? Right. What could happen if? Yeah, go down that whole road. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it is very hard and it takes very deliberate commitment to work on addressing your inner critic in a way that it doesn't keep you stuck anymore. And that's, I mean, honestly, it's, it's hard. And that's, that's why so many of, cause if it were easy, none of us would, you know, right. <laughs> none, none of us, it, it wouldn't matter. And it takes, I mean, if you think about like all these thoughts, right. That are, that are all of this kind of history of your life, right. That's making a sense of threat to you from a seemingly small or maybe, you know, obviously big as well, but you took years to program like yourself, right? It, it's, it doesn't, you can't unprogram it by your overnight as much as we'd all like. It, it's a, it's a journey, just like health. It's a journey. Right. Is there any additional stuff or is that the, the process? So, okay. So then there's another one and then that's kind of like the all or nothing. thinking. And this one actually this one, when this one gets me, it's usually in the morning when I wanted to do something that I didn't, like I wanted to journal and I didn't, I wanted to go to the gym and I didn't, or like my daughter missed her butts. And suddenly I'm like, well, that's it. The entire day is ruined. Mm. Right. And so that's all or nothing. And so that's a very black and white way of thinking. And it removes any capacity to believe in the shades of gray. So something's either good or bad positive or negative, you know, hot or cold, (laughs) red or white, I don't know. But then how you can respond to that is simply using and instead of or, because you can have a less than ideal situation and the day can still be good. So give me an example of what that means. 
like yeah. an ex- of a real life example. Yeah. So I'll give you a real life. The ones that the daughter missing the bus. <laughs> yeah. That's my example. <laughs> and so, um, and the funny thing is, I have to say is, um, this is the first year my daughter's ever even had a bus. <laughs> like I've spent, you know, so she's in seventh grade. I've spent K through six getting her to and from school every single day of her life. And so this is the first year she has a bus. And so of course she missed the bus, right? Not, not really a big deal. But I had planned to go to the gym. I had, you know, I had, you know, I wanted to do my journaling time. I had, I had expectations of what I'd have done by, you know, 7.30, by 8.30. None of these can happen now that I have to take you to school. Do you realize that? Like, like my entire day now, because I can't do my morning stuff, my entire day is ruined. And then of course I'm, you know, driving just to, to her to school and in my head I'm stewing, right? Like, like I'm so mad. Right. You know, I'm like, "Eh." but you know, in in my head, it's like, I'm so mad. Like, you know, my, she's just gibbering, jabbering away. And then we get there. And then of course there's a super long line. Right. And so it's like 20 minutes later, I'm like that that's it. Like it just got worse. It kept getting worse. She missed the bus. The line was long. Oh, now I have a red light. This day is so bad. (laughs) Yes. And so, and that was then kind of the moment I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing here? I'm all or nothing thinking. So yes, this is bad, right? I I can label this as bad because it's not what I expected, but my day can still be good overall. And this so is they, bad, and my day can still turn around. Yeah, is that what you're, okay? Exactly, Excellent. and so that's replacing. And so typically, you know, it, that one's a little difficult because you're not necessarily thinking like my day is, you know, bad, not like nor good, right? So it's you know you have to kind of acknowledge that you are creating a one-way kind of road, like you are creating something that no other possibilities exist, and now you have to let room for an opposite action or opposite feeling or opposite opposite attribute to exist. So if we take an example of overeating mm-hmm. or eating the wrong things, you know, like you had ice cream and then you had chips and whatever. Um, is there like, can you apply that same thing to, I, okay, I ate all this stuff and Yes, yes. And so that I'm actually really glad you brought it up because that's a very common one, like, especially when people are starting out on any sort of health journey, right? And it's like, like, they'll be going good for a week, right? Maybe they committed to do three things the following week, they didn't do the first one. And so what does that mean? The entire week is ruined. I'm not even going to bother with the other two because I've already failed. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is one I see, I'm sure you guys see daily, right? And I do it. And I do it. Oh yeah. Guilty. (laughs) (laughs) And so in those instances, it's right. It's like, I might not have met my goal today and tomorrow's a new day. And does that help with that all or nothing thinking? I mean, it doesn't help at first because it's a journey, right? <laughs> yeah, that's I like true. That you're true. honest about that. Yeah. True. And I also, I like this technique because you're, you're acknowledging it mm-hmm. and there's nothing better than when you're up. Like, I'm just using this, but like when I'm upset and I'm saying something, what feels better to me in the world is when Kamna says to me, that has to suck. Like, yeah, <laughs> makes it oh, like automatically I feel better. So I think when we do that to ourselves and be like, yep. You ate all of it. That sucks. And 
I can start fresh right away. Yeah. And I can drink my water right now. Mm-hmm. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I like that technique because you're acknowledging, yeah, you, you did suck or yeah, you did whatever. You know what I mean? That's a really yeah. it's great. This one is hard too, because like we always struggle with kind of the ambiguity of things, right? Like, like I have a lot of clients that are like, I don't get it. Like I'm so overwhelmed, but I'm so like underwhelmed with my quality of life. Like, how can I be overwhelmed and underwhelmed at the same time? Oh, that's deep that I have to think on that. I, yeah. I can understand this. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. And so that's one of like the biggest things that the majority of my clients come to me with, you know, maybe not articulated that way, but you know, it was like, how can I be doing all of these things, but I'm still not happy. How can I have Mm. so many things to do, but I'm still not right. It's because you can have a lot of things to do and you can feel happy. Let's figure out how. So wonderful. Can I go back to when you were in corporate America? Do you Mm -hmm. think you were that overwhelmed and underwhelmed? Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Like, I'm just so, trying I mean, to dumb I, it I down I, for myself. I think I oscillated between the two. Cause I mean, there were periods where I was just highly engaged. I was the top of my game and I was as yeah. confident as ever, but there were also feelings where it was imposter syndrome all the time. Right. Like, why am I here? I don't deserve to be here. Um, and so I, I think, you know, but it's seasons too. Like, like I'm, at least to the point where I'm okay existing in seasons of certainty and seasons of not. And that's how I actually know what I need to give myself, right? Like be like when I'm not feeling as confident, I need to do a little bit more mental work first. You know, I need to prioritize my working out because that helps me release my core, you know, drop my cortisol levels and things. What do you mean by seasons? Well, I just mean, it's like, you're not, I mean, all of us, the the thing about progress and journey, right. And it's like, we're going to feel so good, you know, and then all of a sudden something else is going to happen and it's going to cause us to doubt everything. Right. Or maybe we just can't recognize how our same strengths can be applied in a different way. And I think that's another, you know, thing that makes health wellness mindset coaching. So unique is that our clients are typically in a spot where they've kind of reached the end, right? It's like end over the rope. Like I'm done. Like I'm overwhelmed. I'm burnt out. I have too much to do. I can't, I can't, I can't. And then there's almost like this relief, like, okay, I'm going to focus on myself. Like this is going to be great. And then all of a sudden, right. You focus on yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible person. No wonder. Like, you know, and then you go through all these feels as we kind of engage in that self-reflection process and uncovering the biases or limiting beliefs we have on ourselves. And then we're great, right? It's like, oh my gosh, yes. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, your husband loses their job. Your kid gets in a fight at school. You know, it's like anything can knock us off balance. And so when I say seasons, I just kind of mean like I've learned to accept that I might not be like this amazing version that I would love to be all the time, but that's okay because I've learned how to still find happiness in those moments. I, I love that analogy. I love, I wrote down that the, your mind has seasons and I've never put that together before. Mm-hmm. I, mean, yeah. I mean, I think maybe it's more for me because where we live, like we have defined seasons here. And now that I'm thinking about it, I think my mind has defined seasons as well. So that's yeah. Yeah. And even like the um, seasonal depression, like, so this is my first, this has been my last winter was my first real winter, right? Coming from Southern California now in, in Virginia. 
And oh my gosh, it's like, it's beautiful here during the spring, during the summer, but everything died. The yes. trees, like, yes. like it was depressing. Like <laughs> I was like super sad and for no other reason than it like, it's cold. I'm inside all the time. I know yes. my nature walks. I need my nature walks to connect. Like I, you know, and it, it's kind of the same thing. And a lot of it has to do with kind of just our engagement, right. And kind of life. So then I disengage a little bit, but I have to be okay with that because I might not be able to solve that problem. I certainly can't keep the trees green all year long. So what can right. I do? I like that. You said that too. I, I may not be able to solve that problem. Mm -hmm. yeah that's important but, yeah but do you know what i know there's a heck of a lot of problems i can solve Ooh. she just might wow. you i know so that problem focused thinking is another thing that comes up a lot like when you get so caught up in the moment that you can only see the problem that you can't imagine any sort of solution. And that's another big thing that happens. And so, you know, something happens and there's no way I'll ever, you know, be able to recover. And I see this one, even little things. Like I had a, um, another client who, um, who broke a heirloom, right? And um, it, obviously, heirloom, right? It was like, I think it was from either her mother or grandmother. It was devastating, right? And it was like, I will never be able to replace this. The memories are gone. I will never be able to replace. I will never be able to play, replace. I will never be able to replace that. And like that, there's a lot of truth to that, right? It's like, you're not, you know, something that is now in a, a hundred pieces, but so what, what can you do? Yes. That's hard. Yeah, this, that's, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. I, I think you have given us some really good direction of at least where to start. Um, and I could talk to you for hours. Oh my God. I can't believe this. how fast. <laughs> Does, are we out of time? Yeah. Oh my God. Um, I would, before we end, I really want you to give your contact and socials of where people can find you. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So I'm on Instagram at ready now mindset underscore. And then you can find me on both Facebook and LinkedIn, my name, Michaela Silcox. But the other thing is I actually have a free resource that goes over the mind habits we reviewed today and the few we didn't have time for. And so I would invite you all to download that. You can access that at www.readynowmindset.com slash mind habits. Okay, come now. Are you gonna? We can you make a link in that in our show notes? Yes. Okay. Uh, www.readynowmindset.com/slash/mindhabits. Mind habits. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that reviews um, the five ones that I find most often with clients, and it also provides a quick fix for them. So it goes through like that but also or and not or. And so it you know gives you all of that information. So if you want to rewatch it and take notes, you can just download the resource instead. <laughs> okay, so I have another question real quick. Just, sorry. Yeah. Um, are, do, would you say equal men and women have inner mind critics? Oh, good question. Or mo one more than the other, in your opinion? I know this is an opinion and I know there's no okay. fact here. So yeah. this and is you like, know, yeah. I personally think women have it more just from the, but I don't speak with as many men yeah. as I do women. And probably because men don't really want to 
I, like I, yeah. I would call you before my husband would call you to, for yeah. help. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And I'm also from corporate America too, where the journey of a male is a lot different than the journey of a female. Right. And so yes. it's like, I, and maybe this is things I still need to work through, but I look back and I'm like, that guy was so stupid, but he got at the front and spoke <laughs> like he was the freaking queen of England. Like, yes. you know, so I, I think from kind of the conditioning, right. Like they're more competitive, yes. they're more, yes. but I mean, that is my opinion. And yes. so I'm kind of creating an assumption based upon what I see, but I have a tally of so many women I speak to, my tally is not as big for the men. So yeah. I can only speak from assumption. <laughs> I figured that. I just wondered, like, maybe women share it more too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe we listen to it more. Oh. Huh? Wow. <laughs> listen, if my husband's inner critic is my voice, he's not listening to it at all. I know, right? My, my, <laughs> tune it out. He tuned it out 13 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, he is just like, I can do anything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I fail? Yeah. <laughs> very, very true. <sighs> okay. So, Michaela, you have to come back on again and we have to dive yes. into the Kamna's male voice. Yes. yes. A bonus episode on how that came about because I truly believe that so many people would benefit from here. I really, really mean this. I do. I feel like we would benefit from figuring out where it comes from. Oh, yeah. I can tell you. I know what it is. <laughs> you <laughs> Maybe know, you think you, you know it. Yeah. But when you originally said male, you gave the sly smile and I was like, <laughs> She's, she's got things going in there. She's making yeah. some connections. Like I could see it. I could see it. Oh, I die and want to know more so much. So. I also want to know more about like the all or nothing thinking and the catastrophic thinking. And I mean, the questions are still like the list is so long still. For yes. Me. Mm -hmm. So we probably need to do another sit down. Yeah, I would absolutely love that. You guys are so much fun. Also, also, I want somebody to dumb down overwhelmed and underwhelmed at the same time for me. That is stuck in my head. So we, we yeah. need you back. You have to come yeah. back. I'm yeah. here. I'm okay. there. Everybody, please make sure you go follow Michaela on Instagram and Facebook. And you said you're on those two, right? Yeah. And LinkedIn as LinkedIn. well. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thank well, you so guys. much for being here. Thank I've had you. so much fun. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you. And we will talk to you soon. Sounds yeah. good. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Or you can share the podcast with your friends and tag us. On Insta, you can find us at Health Coach Kamna and WW Chick Leah. Or on Facebook, you can find us at Leah's WW and Health Coach Kamna.